babe. Something wrong? You haven't touched your indecipherably low-budget Canadian Odyssey adaption. But you are listening to the Dare Daniel podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and that looks like my brand new bike. <laughs> With me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Hi, everybody. On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them using our unique system. Your run-of-the-mill, everyday, average, boring, yawn, yeoman's effort of a bad film, that gets a dare. That's just your everyday bad. Double dare goes to the next level bad, truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare. The hallowed, the (laughs) beloved respected <laughs> canadian grammy winning i get i don't know for those despised movies that are actually pretty good today on the podcast we're hitting the road with the titular ryan in ray ramaya's bizarre canadian comedy ryan's babe <laughs> this dare came to us from gunner pearson who is gunner if you're listening i sent you an email and i gave you a choice between this and one of your other dares because you sent us so many good dares yeah and you never hit me back bro you never hit me back so i had to make a call and this was a good call i think and his previous dares are are like deadly attraction semicolon 365 days fateful findings oh wow dancing it's on so gunner knows like the classically terrible movies he's got a he's got a certain niche yes. about him, right these are yes. really obscure bad but also like distinctly uniquely bad movies right and i i well let's circle back to this later on uh, <laughs> there's a common theme to me for these so yeah but what was gunner's dare gunner's dare goes like this ryan's babe is one of the most uniquely bad movies ever made It probably has the highest concentration of batshit crazy moments of any movie that has ever been made. This movie short-circuited my brain every couple of minutes. I don't really know how to describe this movie because it is so unique that I think it genuinely defies genre. The best I've been able to come up with is that this movie feels like the nightmare of a guy who has only had bad experiences with women. The IMDb synopsis for Ryan's Babe? A young man embarks on a road trip, hoping to solve his life's problems along the way. Yes, this week's film is Ryan's Babe and Quirky. This movie short-circuited my brain, too, but not in the heartwarming Johnny Five sort of a way. You can short-circuit something in a completely different way. (laughs) Completely different. Quirky, second episode in a row. We have no Wikipedia page for this movie. Oh, boy. We also have no reviews. On Rotten Tomato and Metacritic, literally none. There is no box office information. This is just like Grunt! Exclamation point in the wrestling movie. Once again, we have to just kind of, we got to regroup. We got to circle the wagons. We just like dry erase board, just wipe it all clean. Is this why you have a deerstalker cap and are holding up a little magnifying glass to your eye right now? Are you the movie detective right now (laughs) trying to figure out? We have to start with the actual hard evidence. What do we know? <laughs> when did we know it, right? So we I know see the red string murder board behind <laughs> you. Where you got I'm all trying the to theories. just tie it all together. There's pictures of everyone for some reason. <laughs> I guess I forget what they look like. Why are there always pictures? Of anyway, written and directed by Ray Ramaya, credited as Ray Ramaya. PhD. I think sure. that's the only time I've ever seen a movie credited as director's name. PhD. 
I feel like that was like his parents made him do that. They right. Like, we'll loan you the like, money to make the movie, but we want to remind people that we paid for your you education. You do have a doctorate, yes. <laughs> yes. And this is something I've often said. Academia is a fraud. It's just a breeding ground for con artists and bunko men. We've all said it. Anyway, seriously, though. Penumaka Dazaratha Ray Ramaya, born July 1940 in Guntur, Andhra Pradesh, India, received his undergraduate degree in India, completed his master's and PhD in Canada. So that's just garbage. Uh, he was a superintendent and regional coordinator of special education in northern Saskatchewan for 28 years. Made a couple other movies, but Ryan's Babe is his most well-known, so there you go. Uh, he actually, unfortunately, passed away last year at the age of 81. So this kind of pokes a little holes in this, like, nightmares of a guy who's only had bad experience. <laughs> like, as though this was, like, some young guy getting some shit. This was, like, a 60-year-old Indian dude who was married. I yeah. had a doctorate and a, a nice job that he'd worked at for 30 years. It, it's this, it just, it really confounds all reason. This movie anyway, hats off to you though. 81. That's hell of a run. Good for you. Here, man. here. Ryan's babe stars Bill Levasseur as Ryan, the titular Ryan. And it also features Alex Hitchings and Catherine Rosini, the chameleonic Catherine Rosini. Multiple Por- roles, a la Eddie Murphy in Norbit. <laughs> You're going to have to run that by me and, and sh- tell me later because I didn't catch it at we'll all. Do it. The possibly apocryphal story behind this movie's reemergence is that it was apparently, it was shot in 35 millimeter, like really was shot in 35 millimeter back in the late 90s, showed on Canadian television a couple of times, and then basically disappeared until a VHS copy was found in a dumpster. This sounds like a horror movie premise, and spoiler, right? spoiler alert, it it is. Um, <laughs> found by Canadian B-movie distributor Tyler Baptist, he released the film, and Ryan's Babe gained a small amount of prominence as an unbelievably inept yet impossibly ambitious, almost alien piece of filmmaking, a la The Room, Deadly Attraction, Faithful Findings, Dancing, and Song. I mean, there's your connection yeah. to the previous one. Mm-hmm. Corky. Yeah. Yeah. This is episode 118, I think. Uh-huh. We've done 118 of this movie. We've seen every type of bad movie. Yeah. Some of them are very easy to categorize. TMNT uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Two out of the shadows, aka TMNT two oots. <laughs> All you oots heads out there. Soulless brand management cash grab. Easy. 100%. Burn Hollywood Burn, desperately unfunny comedy made by an inexplicably bitter man. Solid box to just pop some of these movies into. Every now and then a film come along comes along that defies not just the idea of a rating, but a rating system and really any kind of categorization or qualification of, you know, good versus bad, right versus wrong, up versus down. Yeah. Ryan's versus babe. And I'm talking about these type of films, Deadly Attraction, The Room, maybe even Battlefield Earth on a level. And I believe that Ryan's Babe is that kind of movie yeah. incarnate. What, what yeah. are your thoughts on this? There's so many parables or uh, so, so many comparisons to movies we've reviewed for yeah. me with this one. Dangerous Men, uh, not only in the movie and the indecipherable plot, yeah. but the story of the creator. Dr. Ray has a lot of John S. Rad going <laughs> That's on, right? So true. 
uh, Love on a Leash. Yes. Um, but one one. thing, and it's something you hit me to when we did Sleepaway Camp, was that these type of movies where they have this vision and they're executing it, sometimes it can defy genre, Mm. defy movie, traditional movie storytelling. And even if it wasn't intentional, who the fuck cares? Because you got something so uniquely foreign out of it. You're experiencing something totally new. And it, yeah, maybe it's because they just didn't know how to do the thing they were trying to do. But fuck, here it is. And it's 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 enjoyable for a moment, you know, for the moment. It's enjoyable. Yeah. But in 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 doing it so wrong. Yes. It really makes you like rethink the conventions. Yes. Of a narrative film. Like it really like there's it I've always said that like I, I get I get like kind of I learn more, I think, from bad movies than good movies. Yep. I certainly appreciate good movies more than bad movies, but I learn more about the craft because it's like once you see something done wrong is how you can kind of understand how things might go right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I recently watched uh, a movie by Sidney Lumet, Night Falls on Manhattan. Yeah. And that's a solidly constructed movie. It's not Dog Day Afternoon. It's not The Verdict. It's not Network. It's not yeah. you know Masterpiece Lumet. But Sidney Lumet is a solid craftsman, and it's a solidly put together movie. The theme is is well executed. It's clear, even though the movie is really about this kind of gray area and the slippery nature of truth in and right and wrong. Mm-hmm. It's it's articulated in a way that is very clear and very thoughtful where the story, the characters and the themes are all kind of working together. Nothing is working together here in Ryan's babe, right? Like <laughs> I appreciate so much what Sidney Lumet is able to do because like how fucking wrong does this movie go in doing anything right? Like the crazy ambition of this movie, the way that it is like an almost constant dream state, Time, space have very little meaning. There's all these like stories that there is basically nothing connecting them. It's just vignette after vignette after vignette. Right, right. There's no craft to it at all. No. At all. And yet, like, it just kind of blows up your whole, like, concept of, like, a conventional film a la something like Night Falls on Manhattan or, or any kind of Sidney Lumet movie. Any, yeah. any movie that is well-crafted in a, in a sense of, of how it's normally defined. Right. So, like, Christopher Nolan gets kudos and accolades for Inception, but this movie beat him by a few years for flashbacks within flashbacks oh within God. flash forwards. It's insane. But, <laughs> but that movie was intended to do that and crafted beautifully by an expert filmmaker. This movie just did it because it's like, that's a way to tell a story. Sure, let's do that. It's, let's it's, have a character flashback to a moment that they flashback. He's previously. already flashback. Let's flashback again. Why not? And in that flashback, we'll have him have memories of things that he was not around for. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yes. Production values in the toilet. The dubbing is complete fucking garbage. Wall to wall. Cinematography. Which, again, garbage. done in, in traditional big budget Hollywood movies. They do that. Yeah. They did that here, but they just could not do that well. And it creates something so wholly unique. You think <laughs> they are either fucking with us <laughs> or they don't care. And that's another way of fucking with us. Yeah. And bizarre acting choices mm. certainly abound. This, it was somebody described it on Letterboxd as. Like a David Lynch 
like a Hallmark Channel version <laughs> of David Lynch, right? Like it's it's really cheap production values. Yeah. It's really wholesome, but yet it is this like total fucking dream state of a fucking movie. It's crazy. We but haven't I, even like the packaging. When I look at that packaging, I'm thinking, oh, this is like Van Wilder on the road. Oh, this right. Is, this no. is the you know. It is not that. <laughs> no. There's all these references to the Odyssey, but you know what I actually was reminded of more than anything was the Marquis de Sade's Justine, which I had to read for a class, okay? I, w- I took like a sexual perversion in literature class. But in Marquis de Sade's Justine, Justine is this girl who from from childhood, from, his, from a little girl, is absolutely just just abused and exploited and just raped and everything horrible happens to this girl. And then she trusts somebody else to like get her out of it and they abuse her even worse. And then she trusts somebody else and they abuse her even worse. And then she trusts somebody else and they abuse her even worse. And it just keeps going and going. And as a a reader, after a while, you're kind of like, you dumb bitch. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why are you trusting this guy? Like, you know something bad's going to happen. Like, what the fuck? And Ryan is totally that. Yeah. Like, he's that, like, guy who just keeps being, like, happy-go-lucky in a yeah. bizarre sort of a way. No matter, like, he gets roofied multiple <laughs> times. He gets and- raped. He almost gets his dick cut off. He gets fucking thrown in trunks. He gets kidnapped. He gets... It- Nonstop bad things to him. What is his reaction to everything? Shakes his head and smiles. That's his only reaction. The like, most amicably like, casual. You deserve to this. You deserve yes. this. Like Justine, it turns you into a sadist. It turns you into someone who wants to hurt Ryan because he's so fucking stupid. <laughs> I've never. Seen, he is the most amicably casual response to getting roofied and sexually assaulted it's of all time bizarre it's so everything in this movie is so fucking bizarre and about the acting choices i was remember i re- remembered a line from community where they're watching nick cage movies and trying to analyze his acting style and they say something like it seems like he likes getting shot but he's scared to smell that flower. That is the choices in this movie defined. <laughs> like, there's no larger fucking reason to it whatsoever at all. Yeah. All right, should we get into it? Yeah, let's go. And now, our feature presentation. Dream logic from the beginning. It just starts. It just starts. Here's two people yeah. walking in a forest. They're just walking in a forest. They just start a conversation that we have no like context for whatsoever. She says... You're supposed to take me someplace safe until John takes care of everything. Yeah. I feel shitty and I'm tired. <laughs> the actual line in the first minute of this movie. Right from the beginning, you you find you realize that every character is going to have some kind of backstory yeah. uh, allu- that they allude to. It will never matter and it never gets flushed out or resolved. Nope. And it's just like whoever wrote it, the guy who wrote it was like, well, everybody needs to have their own story. And I'm going to introduce that through some dialogue. (laughs) And then that that will just go away. So she feels shitty. She feels tired. This man she's walking with, this is a redhead. We find out her name is Krista. This man puts a gun to her head. She wrestles. She gets a hold of the gun. She shoots him. He yells out over and over again, you shot me. But first he goes... Oh geez, like he gets shot in the stomach. He goes, "Oh geez," and and we're saying like the actor on set could have been saying anything, but that's what the ADR says. Oh geez, <laughs> and, 
And you want to talk about Ryan and being casually amicable about his responses. This guy is mildly bothered by getting shot in the stomach because he chases after this actress. Yes. She flags down a passing car. She jumps in. She pulls a gun on her driver. She screams, go. Boom. Opening credits. Woo. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I don't know about you, Corky. What really cracked me up was like, so when he's about to kill her, he starts, he's going about to sexually assault her. He's like unbuttoning her shirt. Mm. When she escapes, she, you could see that her bra, right? When she gets in the car, the car jack, she gets in the car. She's still got her shirt unbuttoned. Boom. Credits. Few images of the car cruising through the Saskatchewan plains. <laughs> and then it, when it goes back to the inside of the car, she's now buttoning up her shirt. Like how many miles did they get down the road before she's like... <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, let me let me adjust myself here. So she apologizes to the driver. Oh, sorry immediately. About, sorry about carjacking you. My bad. Tonal tonal shifts are nuts with these actors. All over the place. We eventually find out the driver of this car is the titular Ryan. He's That's Ryan. Ryan. That's how we meet our main character. This is not Ryan's babe. Spoiler alert. Uh, to herself now, because she just monologues to herself. Because we need to we need to get some plot out here. Why would he want to kill me? Right. Is John in on this too? She just rants. She raves. Ryan finally says, take the effing car and get the hell out of my face. (laughs) To which she says, I'll blow your head off. If I could kill my own mother, you're nothing to me. Forgive me, mama. (laughs) Then she says, this is like my favorite fucking line. I'm really sorry. I can't drive. It's like, what? (laughs) Like, they had to explain why she's not driving? Yeah, exactly. Why didn't this person just kill him and take the car? And they're like, (laughs) we really need to explain that. She also says, I'm Sally. That's not my real name. It's like, (laughs) then why? Why? Why Why say a name at all? You you have the gun. You have all the power in this situation. No need to give a fake name here. So we cut to... Them on the side of the road, and Ryan is taking a piss break. We will find out that Ryan is basically Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction, and that he goes to take a piss, and shit goes down. And not his shit, but some other shit, right? Like 40% of this movie is Ryan pissing. Ryan goes to take a piss, some shit happens. So they banter a little bit. She's a rich girl. She used to go to the shooting range with my mama. What, Mm -hmm. What in the hell? We then get like a crazy pop song. She's in a payphone, and now they're going to go to Rita's. Right. And she's cheery as shit. She's, she's jaunty. She's super happy. And then she, out of like for no reason, delivers like four or five character details about Rita, a character we will never meet. Yes. <laughs> it's like, we had the same birthday. So we would do this thing where we were this, and they were that. They, we would always give each other birthday. It's like, here's all these like pointless, like, this is pointless. Why are you talking yeah. about this? Insane. So this is where they go to the Dragon's Diner Dragon's to go eat, diner, right? Yes. This is where I realize, holy fuck, we're in for some shit with this movie. <laughs> they are sitting at a table, and right in front of them is a small TV. It's not like yep. they're at the bar. Right. It's not like there's a big screen TV. There's a small TV. It's like they're like room for three, uh, two, and a, and a TV. <laughs> <Like this. laughs> can we get and, a small television with our <laughs> 
<laughs> Can we get uh, side order channel three? The news is about to say something that directly pertains to us because that's everything. Every that's t- like I everything mean, that is one of my the my pet peeves about all movies is that anyone turns on the news and it's directly about them or it's a report on something or the the news is used to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. So this TV reporter is in a courtroom and he yeah. just talks about oh yeah there was a brutal slaying of a senator and he just explains everything relevant to all the characters. Uh, including that there's evidence that exonerates Krista, who is this right. girl with a gun. So that's what I'm saying. Like, this is an example of the incompetence subverts the genre. Like yeah. you're saying, that's a very familiar trope where the exposition comes via watching the news or uh, overhearing it, right, at the, at a convenient time. This is so much pertinent information. <laughs> so- it, it tells you who's guilty. It tells you how the cops found out. It tells you that she's innocent. She's totally fine. So it explains to the audience. It also explains to her. Yeah. But it's also delivered from a guy standing in a courtroom for some reason like these events happened yesterday it's an empty courtroom (laughs) how'd he get in there why are the police releasing all this information why is he in a courtroom the trial did not happen i mean she was about (laughs) to be murdered yesterday yeah i mean this is just a point of like it's done so poorly yeah that that it really makes you think about like the conventions of having the news explain it because like there's not even a concept of like this is a real news show. It's just like it just pops on, and <laughs> he just is like, "Here's the information relative to you." He doesn't kick it to the weather no, after the support, right? They're he's not holding like, a fucking boom mic. Here's some sports <laughs> later. No, like it's just here's here's information directly pertaining to you, the person listening to the news right now. <laughs> like that's it. That's how it works. So she like Krista freaks out. When she hears this, even though right. it exonerates her, she so she runs out. She's freaking out in the parking lot. Ryan's this is a like, great performance. Oh, it's fantastic! Ryan runs out. He hitches a ride. He gets a van, but he's like he sees that she's troubled, so he passes up the ride and he decides I'm going to stay with her. So he goes to her. This is Krista again, and he says that compared to her, my troubles are nothing. We will discover that is far from the truth. His his troubles are as bad, if not significantly worse than hers. Like correct, they both correct. have people trying to kill them. So that's that's you know we're at least as bad, right? Yeah. So this starts a flashback. Mm-hmm. Now we're flashing back. So we flash back to college, and there was Connie, who was a girl he knew since he was a kid, but he decided. He was going to go for nice girl Brenda. He calls her nice girl. Yeah, nice girl Brenda. Nice girl Brenda. So he goes with nice girl Brenda. He's just basically like totally ghosting Connie. This girl he's known, we find out, since they were small children. And now he's pretending like he doesn't even know her. Um, we get two scenes are, are pretty much the same exact setup where yep. the person who is obviously Connie rides right up to Ryan, tries to start talking to him. He looks perturbed. Brenda comes right up to him and Styles. says the same stuff. <laughs> he just fucking Heisman, boom, stiff arms, Connie, out of the way. Both scenes exactly like Connie has the, either the worst timing of all time right. or Brenda's got that Connie or radar. Brenda's just like right like hiding behind a tree just waiting for <laughs> Connie to show up. Um, after the first shunning, <laughs> Connie oh, like yeah. flags down a guy on a bicycle and is like, hey, want to go for a beer? And they just go for a beer. Yeah. 
but, but she's but ba- she, it's all just stalking Ryan, right? Well, that's what you think is going to happen because yeah. the, she's like, you, you're paying. The guy starts to write away. She's like, here, and gives him money. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then they, they're all in this like empty field now. Okay, yeah. there's a bunch of college kids hanging around in this field. She stalks them again. She suddenly shows up and she's like, hey, Ryan, I got our tickets. Here you go. Here's our tickets. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no. Brenda pops in again and he walks up with Brenda. I'm like, what the fuck are these tickets for? What? <laughs> you are in an empty field. Someone sold you tickets to this empty field? What? <laughs> you didn't need to buy tickets to the field, Connie. No, that, was, that was a scam. <laughs> So Connie's like, fuck this. I'm riding off. She gets in a bike accident. and Ryan's A lot of bike like, stuff with Connie. Ryan runs right to her aid. Ryan is the knight in shining armor. He is constantly coming to the aid of women. I think you kind of minimize this because Connie rides right between Ryan and yep. uh, Brenda. Nice girl Brenda walking yes. down the path, right? He rides right between. And then you hear the sounds of a car crash. <laughs> Ryan looks at Brenda, who apparently isn't that nice girl, because uh, she says... After hearing this woman just get run over by a car, is like, tell her to fuck off. <laughs> Ryan does not know what the word nice means. No, Ryan is an idiot. I mean, that's something we'll find out. So Ryan comes to her aid, and this starts a flashback within a flashback. Mm-hmm. And now Ryan flashes back to when he and Connie were young kids. His bike was run over, and Connie, after saying, I'm out of here, and her creepy dad saying, I don't like that boy gives Ryan her bike to replace his Boker yeah. bike and says, I'll do anything for you. <laughs> this is also where the little boy, <laughs> I mean, in a lot of bad acting in this movie, I'm sorry, but this little young Ryan just fucking takes the cake. The thing is, though, the actors might have been amazing. It's the ADR that it's does truly, not truly. It does not match. Because there are moments where the actors are going for it, but the yep. ADR is just like, this is the, it looks like my new bike. <laughs> uh, this is also where I realized just how deep, like, all right, same continent, same language, but there are parts of Canada that are like almost a foreign, uh, well, it right. is a foreign country, but it's almost <laughs> just like your your ways are indiscrutable. You're, you're, everything is denim at all times. Oh, my God, yeah. Saskatchewan formal wear. <laughs> so back to the original flashback. Flashback within flashback over. We're we're still on flashback level. We're still on like we're on the in, this inception level. Hold on, I'm sorry. The most brilliant part of this flashback within the flashback was when Connie gives Ryan the new bike. Ryan just goes, "All right, thanks." And just, like, he just rides takes off. off. I know, right? And then Connie just starts chasing. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is it starts a lifelong pursuit." A lifelong Connie chase. Connie chasing the wrong man. So we go back to the previous Inception level. Okay, flashback within flashback over. We're just back to normal flashback. Ryan dumps Connie again. Ryan just shits on Connie. She storms out. His friend defends him, and she says he just doesn't care. We then flip over to the aftermath of some sort of a pool hall fight because we just I, see like a broken pool cube on a table. Uh-huh. And someone says, you've done it again, Bill. <laughs> Bill is the greatest character Bill. in this film. Bill is the dad from Deadly Attraction, right? Because he's right. drunk. He's fighting people. He's really angry and belligerent and violent. He's yelling, fighting, 
crying, but at all times, the whoever did the ADR <laughs> had to keep their voice like the the ADR people do fake yelling. They're like, "Hey, stop that!" <laughs> so it's like muted, but you could tell they were trying to sound like they were yelling. <laughs> so Connie, we find out. Oh no, she has attempted suicide. She's going to the hospital. Drunk. This is still a flashback. We're still in the flashback. He's flashing back to things that he has no concept. <laughs> Ryan is nowhere near any right. of these events. Cannot know what her dad was doing in the aftermath of her flashback after arriving home drunk from a pool hall fight. Cannot know that while Connie is in the hospital after her suicide attempt that she envisions her dad with a shotgun saying, <laughs> I'm going to kill him. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Drunk Bill comes home, he finds the blood, he finds the suicide note blaming Ryan, and he gets his shotgun. Uh, next day, Ryan and his friends are doing what you do when you're in college, hanging out at the beach, reading poetry and drinking beer. You're being kind calling that a beach. It's like an estuary where uh, <laughs> a dam releases water at, at controlled rates, and they're sitting by the barbed wire fence. And he's reading the Odyssey aloud to everybody. Yeah. yeah. And then when nobody responds, he just kind of closes and was like, yep. Well, walks away. Walks away. Where does he go? He goes to take a piss. He goes to shit. piss. And what happens when he goes to take a piss? Shit goes down. Dad Her shows dad sh- up. He's brandishing a shotgun. a shotgun and kill all the Ryans I see. <laughs> he's making explicit death threats. He actually shoots at him. Attempted yes. murder right there on a college campus. Active shooter situation. Ryan runs away and Bill screams, he's dead meat. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say Ryan is a master of wit. And you oh, can see really? why all these women just are crazy for him. Because when Connie says, don't you mean you're going to buy me a new bike? He goes, yeah, a Harley. Oh, Ryan. Classic. Ryan. Not that kind of bike, Ryan. <laughs> so I don't Ryan's... even get what the joke is supposed to be there. <laughs> right? So fucking lame. Such a Michael Scott joke. Ryan's mom begs Bill, spare her son's life, but Bill's not having it. I don't need no lecture. Now get out my house before I kick you out. Because he, he's so deeply Saskatchewan. But that's also how people in Arizona talk, as we find out, and Las <laughs> oh, Vegas. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Everywhere in America, that's how people talk. That is absolutely oh, true. Oh, it's so fucking hilarious, especially when they get to like the New York gangsters who all talk My, like their faces. Oh, so good. It's fucking brilliant. And I don't need no lecture. Get out of my house. Um, so Ryan then calls his mom, says he didn't do anything wrong. He's going to go stay with a friend out of town. At the same time, Connie wakes up in the hospital. She freaks out. She calls for Ryan, the nurse's sedator, and we find out it was a staged suicide attempt just to get Ryan's attention. Aww. Right. Yeah, right. Aww. But, I mean, break this part down. Connie, oh. by the way, who gets out of, she gets out of her bed, freak, she's, she's irate, freaking screaming. <laughs> she's wearing hospital booties, like scrub booties. Like, why? She was laying in bed. Why is she wearing booties on her feet to prevent herself from getting herself sick? This makes no sense. The nurses aren't wearing them. She's screaming, going crazy. And then we find out, no, she didn't even take pills. The the cuts weren't real. It's like, 
Connie is not fine. And the nurses are like, yeah, she's ready to go home. It's like, no, no. this person is the, uh, there's nothing driving this behavior except for inside her head. Yeah, it's quite troubling. But now Ryan's on the road. And this is the rest of the movie, basically, is this road trip where he just meets various people along the way and has crazy interactions and adventures and is constantly on the fucking ass end of shit. And is constantly too nice or too too naive. Yes. So for right away, he's on the road for like 11 seconds and he's like, oh, look, there's a guy with a flat tire sitting by like standing by his car with his arms folded and smirking. That's not a good look. No, that's never a good look. I just want like, what's up for anyone who's a motorists out there on the road. Don't stop for that. Don't no. stop. If someone's diligently working, I don't know, maybe stop, maybe call AAA. I don't know. There's some things to do. The dude just like leaning against his car, folded arms, smirking, like L- looking wait. off into the distance like he has nothing to live for. <laughs> you do not pull some, over for that man. Can't wait for some rube to pull over. And sure enough, some rube does, and it's Ryan. So he stops to help this guy. Because he's got a flat tire, but no jack. So he's like, all right, here's the jack. The woman, A woman suddenly pops out of the car and wants to trade cars because she hates this color green. Yeah. The car is blue. She, she goes, I hate this shade of green. And the other guy, the guy who was standing there, you know, arms folded, goes, I love the color green. Not like I love that shade of green. Just like in... As a generality, green is a thing that he Generally loves. Green, all shades. Of green. We're just discussing green. It has nothing to do with this blue car, <laughs> but we're talking about green. So crazy. So they're ba- she's like, this car is bad luck. We've had nothing but bad luck since we've had this car. I want to trade our car, and I'll give you money on top of the car. Let's make this swap. She even I- at one point says. Give this man an extra five hundred dollars, and they give him cash from out of a briefcase. It's and again, it's not like fucking. It's dumb. the most jankiest looking. They open the briefcase, <laughs> and it's not like enough money to fill the briefcase. No. It's like sliding around half packs. It's like you didn't need the briefcase to carry that much that wad. That, that was pocket money. No, no need for the briefcase. But I'm telling you, money that comes out of a briefcase. Yeah, you got to know that's dirty money. Yeah, the briefcase money is not clean money. Playing cards with a guy named after a city. You just, you don't do you this. Just, this, is, like, this is bad. Oh, you're the Cincinnati kid? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I thought you were just the kid. No, I'm all in. I thought you were just macaroni chili kid. <laughs> so they drive off. Ryan can, like, they don't even help him fix the tire. Ryan continues to fix the tire on this car that he's. Oh, just, yeah. They just, they just take the just fuck off. Fuck. But of course, what does Ryan do? <laughs> Shakes his head and smiles as they walk away. Oh, boy. Oh, you dummy. So he's driving again. He gets on the road for 11 seconds. He's gone like no, he's gone less than a kilometer. Yeah, he's just outside Saskatoon. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, he hears on the radio a report directly pertaining to him about a couple that was passing counterfeit $100 bills. And, of course, Ryan is driving their car. Yes. Of course. And it's all the information he needs that the cops just totally just released to the whoever who's reporting just on this. Like, yeah. So what everything does he do? that we're looking for. He, Ryan does the most inconspicuous thing. He just starts throwing wads of money out the door. It's like, you just look so much more guilty doing that. And then crosses the border. 
Into <laughs> so the United this. States. Leaving Canada. This is Let's bring Interpol into this. Leaving Canada. <laughs> we, like, we know how lax the border patrol is. Come on. So this apparently is when Krista gets in his car in the opening minutes of the film. Now we're yep. back to the present. So... They're having uh, like a meal at a cafe. She says, I would have loved to run away with you. But she says, like, you have to go back. You have to face your problems. All the problems I've had are because I've run away from my problems. Right. So, so he drops her off at the airport. She leaves him a letter with money. But do we do we get the scene of her dropping him off or the airport? Because all of no. a sudden, just now, he's wandering through an airport reading a letter that she left him. That apparently, she took a flight somewhere. Yes, exactly. So the letter reads... Hi, Ryan. Uh, like, there's an uh. Like, did she write the uh? It's in her voice. Uh-huh. Hi, Ryan. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm on a plane now. Like, what the fuck? And then she then reiterates. Yes. Literally, word for word, the advice she gave me in the previous scene. All the troubles I've ever had have been from running away from my problems. Instead, Like, fucking A, we just fucking heard that. Like, we get it. And what's Ryan's reaction to all this? Oh boy, life. I thought, silly me, that this movie would be about their traveling together, no. getting to know each other after no. being hijacked. No. She's gone from this movie. She's gone. Goodbye. Goodbye. So now Corky. Okay. I mentioned the chameleonic Catherine Rossini. That's yes. the actress <laughs> comes back. Are you sure? She is the final woman who we meet along the way i believe her name is julia who we meet in the final scene so spo- oh. spoiler alert if you're watching i saw she was double billed in the credits yeah as sally krista she but that's because she introduces the last <laughs> crazy woman that, that ryan meets on the road don't you get it man like the odyssey no not really all right so ryan now is in the airport parking lot he's looking for his rental car boosh kablamo attacked yeah. Dragged away, dumped into the trunk at a at this parking lot. Because he walks by someone who looks like him and is yes. limping, and then now all of a sudden Ryan is limping. For some reason, Ryan's limping. It's like, nothing <laughs> happened to you, dude. Why are you limping? What is that doing? So this starts this whole section of the movie where oh. there are all these Canadians pretending to be New York mobsters. Yes. Someone actually goes, hey, Vinny. Like, hey, Vinny. Hey, <laughs> Vinny. Vinny is like this dude with a mullet. They're like smoking cigars. They're doing these wise guy bits. So I call them the mustache mafia because all these guys yes. have a Raleigh finger style thing totally. happening. Vinny makes a call to some gangsters in, I don't know, someplace with palm trees, right? Because we uh-huh, get an establishing uh-huh. shot. He says it's your cousin Vinny. It's not my cousin Vinny. No. So don't expect Marissa Tomei to show up, but it's your cousin Vinny. Uh, Vinny says that they've got this so he calls this guy who is like his cousin but it's also the mob boss we have your son we have your son and the mob boss for, you know is freaking hey what the fuck you doing what are you doing and Vinny says you want a deal talk decent talk Shakespeare at which point the mob <laughs> boss says who's Shakespeare do I know this Shakespeare guy where's he from <laughs> Is he from Jersey? Is he from Toronto? Who's this Shakespeare? <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know the 
fuck this guy is, this Shakespeare? Who the fuck this Shakespeare guy? What is he, from Ontario or something? <laughs> we also meet the character who people call Shakespeare, who is this this gangster mm. henchman who is constantly quoting Shakespeare. Hilarious. That I just wrote, what the fuck is happening? What in the... Like, what? What the fuck? Is, yeah, it's so insane because, it's again, it's all these people who are Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is like... That's like the middle America of Canada, yes, right? right? You know, like right. that is like... They're a good 10 to 15 years behind the times. And it's Canada, so they're probably 20 to 30 years behind the times. So, oh, This boy. is when we get another taste of Ryan's just, just biting humor and, and wit when yeah. he meets Shakespeare. The guy says, yeah, he says, my name is Shakespeare. Yeah, you're Shakespeare, and I'm Hamlet. <laughs> oh, Ryan just Whoa. crushing the references. Shakespeare reference. But, of course... They don't have the mob boss's son. They got the wrong guy. They got our dumb idiot, dummy idiot. Never hero, clarified. Oh, by the Ryan. way, Ryan, not ever really concerned about saying, hey, I don't know what any of this is about. I don't know why you've kidnapped me. Ryan is not concerned I'm, about things. I'm not that guy. I could prove it really quickly. Again, Ryan gets roofied multiple times and raped. And he's never bothered by any no. of this shit. This is why he's like, he just like can't even believe it. One thing about Ryan does not snitch. He he gets in he gets treated wrong throughout this movie, no. and not once does he involve authorities in any no, way, shape, or never. form. Um, the boss on the on the other end, whose son they supposedly have stolen, he realizes they didn't steal his son. He orders a hit on them. Ryan, for his part, says, shit's about to go down. Guess where I'm going to go? I'm going to go take a piss. Gotta so go goes, pee. Guys, goes take a piss. Shakespeare is like blabbering and occasionally sticking his head into uh-huh. the fucking uh-huh. bathroom to be like, hey, I'm Shakespeare. But he sneaks out the window, jumps into the back of the truck, and he basically just misses this assault that's coming from the rival gang. He's then now picked up by a truck driver. A very... Aggressively affable truck driver who five seconds into their <laughs> their encounter gets a frantic phone call and then so he's like, I can't talk right now. And then suddenly he's like, Hey Ryan, you have to eat these chips. Oh, these <laughs> chips are so good. Have these <laughs> chips, really. And drink some of this alcohol. Have some of this and then drink yeah, eat these chips. And then of course, yeah, they're tainted chips and Ryan. Ryan, here's the other thing about Ryan. Any kind of drug works on him <laughs> instantaneously instant you would think it might take a moment he's a big guy he's tall. it also not only does it work instantaneously it can evaporate just as soon as he's like barely nudged it's like, like okay oh, i'm up i'm a, what oh i'm good no I'm vomiting no fog in his head <laughs> so uh, ryan eats the chips he passes out the trucker calls the guy back he's like we're gonna split the merchandise in two drops so they have this whole like thing that's like none of this ever like this is no this is that's as much as we learn about that's as much as you know the trucker just like hey ryan ryan's like oh hey what the roofies were off and he's like go to a diner ask for this guy and the next scene ryan is working at the diner (laughs) yeah we don't know how much time has passed we don't know how the meeting went this is this like crazy like what I call dream logic, where it's yeah. like, oh yeah, you don't have to connect things. It's no. like you're doing a thing, and you're just you're somewhere else, and you're talking to someone who doesn't understand you, but they're speaking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't need to mean any fucking thing. There's no start. There's no beginning. It's all middle. 
it, the edges are all blurry. Nothing makes any real fucking sense. Like in improv, they say, you know, don't start a scene where you're introducing yourself. Start from the next sentence. Start yes. from two sentences in, right? Because you already have familiarity. This movie takes that fucking theory and runs with it. <laughs> really? It's, it doesn't even start with the second sentence. No, we're going to give you nothing. It's like, we're paragraphs into this. Like, <laughs> suck the sentences. All right. So Ryan's now working at the diner. Yeah, everything's going good now. And so uh, he serves <laughs> the first time we see him, he serves three girls who immediately mistake him for the suspect in a campus assault. It's going didn't... good for fifteen seconds until he pours coffee and the girl conveniently pulls out of her pocket the clip she's carrying around with her of the what's quote the headline says the campus rapist. <laughs> she's like, Hey, it's fucking him. It's him. It's him. Oh my god. Um so that night. They show up at, Ryan, at a, a apartment. <laughs> He's in some living space where this is not this an is apartment. His first night here, but it, like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck. It's it is. an empty co- commerce building. It's it's, it's spacious, it's and, a, but there's a bed and a lamp tucked in one corner where they filmed. <laughs> it's an empty building, and it's his first night there. And they somehow know this. He doesn't yes. have an address. Nope. Is nothing's been turned on or he, like, we no. just saw him get introduced to this place by the manager of the coffee house that he works at who says I'll pick you up in the morning like it's <laughs> his first day right. and he tucks himself in three cheerleaders <laughs> in full cheer they were not wearing cheerleader gear before but they're wearing cheerleader gear and like and phantom masks, masks right and they break into his new place so when they this break in this is also in- a, a world where you get drugs that can knock people out in split <laughs> seconds anywhere these college girls just have this. Oh, uh, everyone has it. Everyone right. has it all the time. So when they break in, Ryan is writing a letter. And this is like one of those things where he's writing it and you can hear him, hear the yeah. words as yeah. he's narrating it. So <laughs> the scene starts with Ryan wadding up a piece of paper and throwing it away. All right. So he wasn't happy with the last draft. Sure. All first right, draft. Cool. Yeah. So let's see what he comes up with in the, in the next draft. He says, dear Mr. Stevens. I am innocent. Connie's lying. She's probably screwing somebody else. This is a letter to the dad. What? Who thinks his daughter committed suicide because of this guy and has a shotgun and wants to murder him. And he's like, she was fucking some other dude. (laughs) What the? What was the previous draft? What was in that previous draft that he felt like that didn't really express it? (laughs) He drew pictures. That didn't express the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's no Shakespeare. I mean, you just we gotta say that. What is this but guy? A Shakespeare? The the other thing is like, what is Connie lying about? What did Ryan do wrong? Why is he like? I'm innocent of what? Of what? Right? Yeah. the The suicide note basically said, "If you don't love me, then I don't want to live." Yeah. Okay. I mean, like that doesn't mean you have to love somebody. I mean, I'm not going just... out on a limb to say that there's probably a history of Connie being very too much attached to Ryan. It's not a stretch to think that this is not on Ryan. From when she was five fucking years old, as we've seen. So the cheerleaders attack as he's writing this letter. They drug him. Yeah. They're about to cut his dick off. Right. They're about to cut his dick off when the the woman who was assaulted by this they guy company, brought her Jenny, in. comes in and says, it's the wrong guy. <laughs> so they're like, what are we going to do? I know. Let's take him to another state and dump him in the mountains. What? <laughs> what? That's their... <laughs> what? 
Where you but, <laughs> you broke into his place and drugged him. He does not know who you are. <laughs> leave. Why are four women now Just trying leave, to carry a, a right? six foot two man <laughs> across state lines? Ryan wakes up in a gas station bathroom with a twenty dollar bill taped over his face that says "sorry." <laughs> He dusts himself off and goes on his merry way, and that's Just it. Gets up, is like, whoop! And not he was the first time this has happened. Dumped in the mountains. He's in Phoenix. Yeah, what the fuck? That's not the mountains, you dumb. God damn it! So, right away, he walks right out of the bathroom. Again, completely unfazed. Yes. Okay, this man, he was victim of a home invasion. Yeah. He was almost emasculated. He was wrongfully accused. He was kidnapped, taken across state lines, been tied drugged up, multiple drugged, t- nights in a row, left in a bathroom, tied up, and just gets up and is like, cool. Where am I? Oh, I'm <laughs> I got to find some work. <laughs> well, yeah. It immediately is like, oh, you're Canadian. Yeah, I'm from Sask- Saskatchewan. Oh, I'm from Saskatchewan too. Oh, wow. Do you want a job and a place to live? That's how easy it is for Ryan in this movie. It's- he walks out of a bathroom and a guy sees him that he says, oh, you're Canadian. Like they can, they have, I call it ADAR. Like a, you're Canadian, eh? That's ADAR. <laughs> And he's just like, yeah. You know what guy who just walked out of a bathroom that I don't know? Yeah. Get in my car. We're going to get you set up. Yeah. What do you need? A job? A place to live? A new Ryan, friend? totally with it. He has had the worst four days in, of anybody. And he's like, yep, let me... New friend here. So while Ryan's out on the road, we, we'll occasionally cut back to like Ryan's mom, who is like trying to guilt Connie into confessing that this is all a hoax and trying to talk to Ryan's uh, or to Connie's dad and talk him down. Um, so am, am I wrong down. in saying Connie's a monster? An absolute inhuman monster. Right? Terrible she's, human she's being. She's toxic and horrible for everybody and her dad. And you can see how she became that way. Her dad placates her. Absolutely. I don't think that's what they were going for, but that's, no. what, that's what it comes out. It's bizarre. So we now see... Just another character we haven't met before. Blonde sure. woman snatched off the street. And suddenly now we're embroiled in her story. <laughs> so it's this is it's Sam. amazing. Sam. She's a prostitute. She's getting chewed out by her pimp. So this is great. So the pimp is like, what were you doing last night? And she's like, I was just, I don't know. I was just walking, just walking <laughs> the streets. Like just walking the streets. She, she's a literal street walker. Yeah. She she did not show up to her streetwalker job, <laughs> so that she could walk the streets. I was just like, come on, like combine the two. Anyway, what's pretty amazing is it's daytime when she gets snatched, and then it's obviously nighttime while she's in the car, and then when she gets tossed back out, it's daytime again. Like yeah. they have her in that car for a long time. Time it, I, and space. This is this is some interstellar shit right here. Like if you're a pimp and you're mad at her for not making money, that's on you because you kept her through the night. <laughs> so she's tossed out of the car oh no will someone please help her and guess who's there it's ryan ryan and introduces himself he also meets sam's daughter we then get see this is the thing about this movie it's like sometimes you think like wow this movie is intentionally like subverting some of these conventions of filmmaking but then in this like fucking montage scene you're like 
No, it's trying to do conventional filmmaking. Yeah. It just is really fucking bad at it. Like, it's just it's, crazy bad. Like, this montage is just nonsense. It's like Ryan, it, the little girl, Connie, is moping. Ryan is, like, tending bar. Yeah. He's, and she's like, Connie's like, uh, what am I going to do? And then Ryan's like, all right, wipe the bar down. <laughs> he's tending bar, but he's also, like, the concierge. <laughs> I know. What well, is this lad's job at this resort? And then he's spending time being a role model for this kid. And like when yep. when I saw this woman get tossed back out of the car, th- her purse thrown at her, I'm like, Ryan, God, just walk away, dude. Move like, on, dude. <laughs> you, Move you on. Keep it moving. This is what I'm saying. It's the Justino. It's the Marquis de Sade elevator. Yeah. It's turning you into someone who's like, you have this coming, Ryan. You're too fucking stupid to say no. Like, I hate to say it, but this is your fault. So, so it, it feels like he would either, the amount of montage time that they spent, he would either have an idea of what she does or their relationship. Nope. It all just comes out when they just randomly meet up for coffee. Oh, there she is. And she's like, Here's my life story. <laughs> like, I had an abusive ex. I was pushed into prostitution. I've been wealthy all my life. My yeah. parents disowned me. And then I got pushed in, you know, a friend of mine kind of swayed me into prostitution. And then she's like, why am I even telling you this? And storms off. And leaves. And <laughs> just, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with but you. But this dude. scene starts, they have a date. Like, he's, yeah. he, like, they acknowledge that they have a date. The scene starts with him going, is anybody sitting here? <laughs> What the fuck? What? How many people did you think were on the <laughs> date, Ryan? Date. Oh, my God. Next scene, Ryan has a winning lottery ticket? Yeah. I don't know. Ryan has just suddenly won $20,000. He does a banister slide. He talks to statues. He goes to his boss, and he's like, uh, duh, look at my uh, my ticket. Uh, look at my ticket. <laughs> I mean, like, again crazy dream logic what is the connection what no. what is anything connected to anything he just suddenly has twenty thousand dollars yep just and, and how much time has elapsed between him getting the job him getting the winning lottery ticket? who knows right night right. day they all just bleed in one into the other now he's at the grand canyon this is insane it's so insane so because he's now at the he's grand just, canyon yeah and he's 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 having a spiritual moment, as a lot of people do at the Grand Canyon. Right, it's pretty mind blowing shit. Connie crazy talks her way into his like epiphany. Like she's right? just like, I'm just gonna crazy talk until I somehow worm my way into your vision. Says so she says, could it? This is the woman who pretended to commit suicide so <laughs> yes. that he would notice her. <laughs> could it be you love me and don't even know it? I know my destiny is to be with you. What are you wandering away from? Yourself, Ryan? <laughs> That's psycho talk. That, that is, is psycho talk 101. And here's the thing. Ryan is complicit in this because if yep. you are gazing out at the yeah. vast open expanse of the Grand Canyon and your first thought is your psycho your stalko, stalker talking to you, that's not a good sign. No. You are seeking to go to the bottom of that pit. That's you what you are issues. doing. You got some and issues. Her dialogue. Okay, so this is not like some. You know, she's not being transported there. This is him imagining her saying these things. He's putting these words <laughs> yes, into her mouth. That's what I'm saying. He's showing up as like visions. 
It's crazy. All right, so Ryan, he's had his moment at the Grand Canyon, so he shows up at Sam's house. This is also another aspect. Sorry to cut you off. This is another yep. aspect where you're talking about how the music doesn't match. While this is happening, no. the music is like a Civil War documentary. <laughs> Blaring. <laughs> so Ryan, uh, after his epiphany of the Grand Canyon, he, sh- he drives over to Sam's house. He shows up there. And this woman runs out and just <laughs> plot dumps all over this fucking fender. She, uh, the bastard husband, came back. Yep. This is what she says. This is exactly this delivery. What she says and how she says it. The police tried to talk him out of it for two hours. Two hours. But he wouldn't put the gun down. So they shot him. And they shot him dead. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah. They shot him, and they shot him, and they shot dead. him dead. They shot him dead. And they, it's like they couldn't find another news anchor to give this. They had to. It's like we've done no. that. We've done the radio. The radio now just the neighbor gives it all. Somebody just read out and explained everything pertinent. And I must have missed it. But while he was at the Grand Canyon, he had to have pissed because that's when that shit happened. That's when that <laughs> stuff went down. He pissed right into the Colorado River. So he decides to give Sam the twenty thousand dollars that he this, won. This scene is amazing because Sam is distraught. All right, yeah. Sam is now in a hotel because they go. Oh yeah, they're at the they're at the hospital. Obviously, they didn't have the hospital to shoot no. at then, so they're shooting at a motel. <laughs> they did cover their ass because he's like, okay, at the hospital. They told me you're at the motel. Hey, here's the thing. Cut out the line about being at the hospital. You hey, don't need it, right? At that line. So they're at the motel. That, I, and they, like multiple people tell him he's at the hospital. Yes. You can really trim this movie down and not have people tell him about the hospital that they never go to. Like, all, Ryan is lucky he didn't encounter somebody at the hospital who hijacks him and drugs him. Like they mista- some doctor mistakes him for a patient. <laughs> but so the, the Sam and her daughter are at the motel. The daughter is sleeping, right? And the mother's looking over. Very tender moment. Ryan comes in. The mom's like, hold on. Let's go outside. This daughter was taken hostage by her dad yeah. that day. Yes. Saw him shot dead in front of her. Yep. And now the mom is like, you know what? I'll leave her alone in case she wakes up and is in a strange place. She's good. <laughs> she's got it handled. I got no issues. They go down to the parking lot to talk. And she's like, still, she's fucking, her life is a shambles. Ryan's like, I'm out. This was good. We had some times. I'm gone. Take some money. But yeah, this is deuces. Yes. He gives her the money that he won. She He drives off and she says, I love you, Ryan. Right. As he heads back out on the road. But he doesn't hear it because he's back on the road. This is also what Chris told him. Cut back to Saskatoon. And Bill apologizes to Ryan's mom. What the fuck is bringing this on? I don't know. Like, nothing's changed. I don't know. But she's like, okay, you want some coffee and talk? And then it suddenly turns into like Oprah and they just like, they reconcile and everything is fine. Bill's in his Saskatchewan formal wear, head to toe denim. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, okay. Let's write, like what? He shot, Uh, he shot a gun. He has has threatened your child's life throughout this time. For no reason, as it turns out. I wrote, for some reason, Wild Bill is now Mild Bill. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Ryan is now in Las Vegas. Where he befriends a bartender. The, this then cuts oh, so seamlessly to this really tense encounter in a, <laughs> in a bridal shower at a casino bar. 
between the bride and an older woman who says, uh, the bride says, you killed my father. Yeah. We then, now Ryan and the bartender show up at this scene. This casino bar is now a but strip club. There's there's a weird piece of dialogue in here where the, uh, maybe the maid of honor tries to go over to the yeah. stepmom and is like, hey, just let her be. This is her night. I'll send the guys up to your room later right. on. So when we find out what happens later on, <laughs> was this all the plan of this bridal this party? Right. What the fuck was this bridal party all about? Yeah, it's uh, it's fucked up. So Ryan, we find out, is now roped into being a stripper at this casino bar that's now a strip club. The bartender ropes him into it. The woman, the redheaded older woman, is Mrs. Teason. <laughs> Mrs. Teason. Is yeah. that great for a fucking redheaded MILF? <laughs> Ex-wife of the greatest NFL quarterback of all time. They had to specify NFL. For, NFL. For Canadian audiences. <laughs> People are like, oh, greatest quarterback of all time? Which Rough Riders did he play for? <laughs> well, that's Doug Flutie. <laughs> Mrs. Teason is way into Ryan. Actually oh, envisions him shit. in a football uniform. He is standing in the hallway in a football uniform in her little imagining of him. <laughs> Fucking what the hell? She calls him Mike. Yeah. Her dead husband's name. So we've seen everything at this point, right? We're like, we're we're into the home stretch in this movie. Corky, no. Kung Fu stripper. <laughs> Kung Fu stripper. Well, That's... he obviously trained at the Kumite stripping. Uh, and he made it off the uh, the battle island. Uh, we th- we cut back to Mrs. Teason, who's drinking, smoking, and remembering, and she has the exact same vision of Ryan in the football uniform. Dan, I this is like saving Christmas. Why in this movie where no plot has happened? Are is the last like ten minutes male strippers? Like it is full routines. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we see the whole Kung Fu stripper bit. Then the bartender. And this guy does not have a stripper body. And no, I'm saying this is a man who never, has the antithesis nobody, of a stripper body. But yeah, this guy, he, and wouldn't have made he goes the for it Monty too. Squad. Like, he goes the, for it, though. Yes. This is this I, actor really gave it his all, God bless his heart. I wrote, this is Michael Scott levels of cringe. I, couldn't, <laughs> I can't watch this kind of stuff, man. Really I just felt so bad. The so women are bad. not into it. No. So now it's Ryan's turn to dance. We, he yeah. is wearing Canadian flag boxers, sure. as it turns out. The bridesmaid, the one who kind of you know planned, plotted with Mrs. T's and the MILF, clearly like mixes up a Mickey. It was that her? Yes, that was okay. her. So she mixes up a, a couple of Mickeys for Ryan, gives them to him. Ryan, the second it touches his lips... Yeah, is staggering and falling down, <laughs> and she's like, "All right, another one." This is hap- this this roofing is happening in front of an audience of dozens of women, and they are fucking into it. They my are theory, way into it. My theory is that bartender was in on it. This is what he does. He gets men right, right, who are right, down right. on his luck. He's like, "I can make you some money. Let's get you there," and he feeds them to these women. <laughs> that makes sense. The other thing is this bartender, the way he pitched this event to Ryan, he goes, yeah. just imagine you, me, and 50 screaming women. It's like, that does not sound good. No, like, no. <laughs> why are they screaming? This why sounds horrible. Why are they screaming? 50. 
50? You sure? 50. So Ryan then wakes up next to Mrs. Teason, having been presumably raped. Not a care in the world. No, and he wakes up like, oh, hey, what's up? Woman I met one time and who I'm now waking up in next to in bed. I have no memory of it. I remember being slipped a drink that had an instant uh, drug effect on me. She just starts reminiscing about her dead husband. They this, then snuggle and go back to sleep together. He just like is, cuddles up with his rapist. It's so fucking disturbing. They obviously had sex. They're both laying in this motel bed. The she's got the it's the standard like movie thing where the man's thing is cut. the The sheet is where his belly button is, yeah. so you can see his full chest. Hers is right above her nipples, right. so you can see the outline of her boobs. It's fucking hilarious because this woman still has her big hoop earrings in. She has her full gold chunky necklace on, full makeup, hair done perfectly. Like they just that actress just took off her clothes, got in the bed, put the put the sheet over, and then they're like, "Go." Yeah, I would be confused. I'd be like, "Wait, did we have sex?" There's right. no evidence of this. But he's just like, "Oh." Well, it's good to hear about your dead husband. Let's yep. snuggle up and go back to sleep. So they do. Ryan then wakes up, takes off while she's still sleeping. He's on the road again. No, wait. Hold on, Dan. You're you're missing a very valuable. He what does he do? He goes to piss. Oh, of course. <laughs> and then stops and realizes, wait, nothing's crazy is happening. Let me go check her breathing. Oh, she's dead. She fucking dies. Yes. And then Ryan decides, my DNA is all over this room. Let me get out of here. <laughs> out of here, man. Remember, and he woke up twice, right? He woke up twice. Yeah. He When we leave, it's night. It's like, yep. wait, is it the same night or did they sleep through the whole next day? Night, Was he laying next to a corpse for a day? Might be a previous night. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but yeah, on the road, of course, he hears a news report that directly pertains to him. And they say that Mrs. Teason, the wife of the ex-NFL quarterback, Mike oh, yeah. Teason, has died of a heart attack. To which he just has to shake his head and smile. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Dude. Dude. God. So then we get, he drives past the sign that says, leaving USA. He somehow decided, like, all right, I've learned all the lessons I need to learn from this. Like, yeah. what, like what the fuck lesson? What yeah. lesson at all? We then he, see a sign that we says. We saw him get drugged at yeah. the club. Yep. Taken to the place where he was sexually assaulted. Yep. Find out she's dead. Flee the scene. Yep. How did he decide, afford like, to get from Vegas to Canada? Like, he, he didn't get paid for the gig. No, right? Oof. so we then see a sign that says welcome home ryan so we're back mm. at home and mom and connie have reconciled yep. and mom is like no connie you psycho wait here for ryan i know he wants to see you and mom's excited to hear more of ryan's stories what his <laughs> stories of getting like drugged kidnapped and raped over and over again those aren't fun stories mom yeah wait what what? His friends all are talking like, did you hear about the cheerleaders? Oh, like, when did he shit? tell them? Yeah. Did you hear about he almost got emasculated by some cheerleaders because he was wrongfully accused? <laughs> <laughs> Classic I Ryan. Mean, per Ryan, he has no idea what happened. There was no. just three cheerleaders all of a sudden at his place, and then he's and drunk. And he woke up in a new state. He has no yeah, frame he had of no reference idea for what, what like, any what of that was. between, like, <laughs> I was suddenly drugged, and then, like, I woke up in another state. Nothing. Nothing. But his friends are just giggling about it. They love it. Ryan calls home. And then he, because you're like, well, mom, you're crazy, mom. Yeah. And then Ryan calls home and is like, Connie, wait for me. 
I'm coming home for you, babe. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan's babe. There we go. That's She's who Ryan's it is. Ryan's babe. So there you go. My money was on the trucker. A new the- blonde by the side of the road. Sexy blonde hitchhiker. This is, as it turns out, the same woman who plays Krista, the redhead who carjacks. I did not pick scene. that up. I, didn't I that She up. looks so familiar, and I looked it up, and sure enough, it was. Ryan gives her a lift. He gives a sexy blonde hitchhiker by the side of the road a lift because throughout this odyssey, he has learned no lessons. No lessons. And therefore deserves everything terrible that happens to him I because, just, my God. I wrote, okay, just now what? Now what? Like, <laughs> like why? Really big. What like, the fuck? What is this? And of course, she's a crazy woman named She Julia. lights a cigarette, starts smoking it, yep. and then throws it out after like two puffs. Like, she's like a full up. cigarette out the window. She's going to Vancouver to be uh-huh. a movie star. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Uh, two police cars see them, and sure enough, screech, they turn she flips around, them off. sirens on, yep. chasing them. She says, Ugh, I hate these pigs. Over the police radio, we hear that a woman and her boyfriend had stolen some jewels and that this was a possible hostage situation. Ryan pulls over. He's immediately pulled out of the car. He's arrested, and the cop says to Julia, get back in your vehicle, at which point she and Ryan lock eyes. They smile at each other. She blows him a kiss. He laughs and shakes his head, and she says, love you, Ryan. The end. Holy fuck. That's it. The movie ends. It, the Odyssey is never completed. He never makes it home. No. Oh, my God. What a fucking movie. Oh, my God. Quirky. Final thoughts before we wrap up this motherfucker. I think dream logic is the perfect summation yeah. of this because all of a sudden you're just in new places. Yep. You, you're dropped in the middle of circumstances, and, and it's all Nothing reaction. next. No. No, and it's just reaction to the new set of circumstances. If you were to actually put yourself in Ryan's place in any of this, you'd be like, I got to fucking just take a me day. You know, I'm not talking to no person. I'm not going outside. I might just piss my pants because like everything just seems to happen when I go take a pee. Uh, fucking bananas movie, man. Great truly, dare. Great truly, dare. Truly bananas stuff. All right, let's remind everybody of our ratings. Ordinary, everyday, run-of-the-mill bad, that's a dare. Next level, truly atrocious bad, it's a double dare. A movie we actually kind of like is a reverse dare. What do you give Ryan's Babe, Quirk Dog? I give it a reverse dare uh, because it's so uniquely unhinged. Yeah. And it it does the subverting of the genre. And it's it's a road trip movie, but it's like, what? It it doesn't take any pains to explain how he gets places. Mm -hmm. He's just at places um it doesn't explain anybody everybody has a backstory but it nothing ever matters he doesn't even achieve his objective or or why he fled in the first place is weird yeah. so uh but none of it really matters because it's just each little bit that happens and you're just like oh wait what the fuck this movie could have been called what huh <laughs> the fuck just like either one any one of those could have been in the title yeah but absolutely. but re- reverse dare because I laughed and I was and I was enjoying myself at this. So it's a true original, and as as we talked about in the opening, it really kind of is fascinating and instructive in kind of how how wrong it gets everything. It's instructive in like why why do some movies get it right and what is right and what is wrong, and it really makes you like kind of question this sort of thing. So 
ultimately, I have to go reverse dare. So hey! I am going to recommend this film, but I just, as a caveat, just know that by watching this movie, you will be entering into a shared trauma <laughs> that you can never shake. It cannot be unseen, unheard, or unremembered. It will haunt your nightmares so fast. <laughs> just fun and i'm shaking my head laughing <laughs> so that's two reverse dares for ryan's babe great dare gunner that is fantastic thank you for it that is all we have for you on this episode of dare daniel but we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares and i hope it is as original and befuddling as this one it's a that's a tough bar to clear it is that's, it is that's a real high bar until then, send your movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. And be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We collectively call them Schmied as a means of saving time. Like and rate us on your favorite podcast app slash website slash, I don't know, whatever the new thing is that's not an app or website. I don't keep up. If you want to donate to the podcast, visit daredaniel.com. Find the donate button. Find support the show in the menu. Either one works. Find us on the streets. Slip us a 20. Be like, hey, this is for you know what? Wink, wink. Hey, what is what? We'll is know this? what you a mean. A we'll get it. Spear? What Did is this? Review? The Shaka Spear? Who's the Shaka Spear? <laughs> Shack and the Foolish Spear. Yeah. Quirky. Yeah. You're out there. You're traveling the Saskatchewan wilderness. Mm hmm. You're head to toe in denim. Absolutely. You got crazy women just crazying all over the place. What are you doing? What's up? What's happening? Well, this weekend I got an underground uh, karate stripper performance going on <laughs> at an, a nondescript, unnamed uh, male strip club where I will be drinking several Mickeys. Yeah. So look for me afterwards, Good. waking up in random hotels. <laughs> How bananas is every little bit of it? Like, if you just describe don't, the events. I, yeah, yeah. It's just, don't scratch mm. too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, every Saturday, Anti-Cooperation League, every last Friday of the month, MRI, come down to Sacramento Comedy Spot, have fun, see shows. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, Who, hey, who's the Shackosphere? What is this, the Hamlet? <laughs> Sweeney. We love you. Bye-bye. Love you, Ryan. My name is Ryan L. Terry, a.k.a. Professor Horror. I'm from Tampa, and I am a Virgo. I can't believe I finally made it onto the Dear Daniel podcast. It's like being featured on The Late Show. And Corky's already giving me the wrap-up sign. Well then, if you love cinema and all things horror, hang out with me on Twitter at RLTerry1 and visit my blog at RLTerryRealView.com. And if you enjoy classic sitcoms, check out my show, Fours a Crowd, on your favorite podcatcher. And for the cute single guys out there, I'm gainfully employed, emotionally available, own a house, and drive a pretty cool plug-in hybrid BMW 3 Series. Also, I have an ass that could crack a walnut. Okay, peanut. This is Professor Horror saying unpleasant dreams. Love you, Ryan.